0: You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah. Southern Miss Black Ops. Okay, legend,
1: Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good.
0: Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shamlop. But the reality is...
1: They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself
2: every night. Look, for all you listen, today, I'm not an idiot.
0: What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk presented by... Bet U.S. here with your break from the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Life is back on sports betters, and Bet U.S. has your NCAA, NBA, NHL, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year in life betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BET-U-S. BetUS for 125% bonuses with our promo code TTTT125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Joining me now, Southern Miss Black Ops Tugate legend Jason Bailey.
3: Greetings and salutations, boys. Good to be here. Thanks for pushing this show from Monday to Tuesday as far as the recording goes because it's soccer season again, so that means that on Mondays we're out at Tatum Park with like 25 uh, mile-per-hour winds and 30-degree weather.
0: I thought you were just such a big Crimson Tide fan that you wanted us to allow you to watch the game.
3: Right. Well, I did have to catch up on uh, on on that Monk Marathon.
0: And the Wizard of Whiskey himself, Shane Lutt. Was that, um, whoa, was you know, that a
2: squeaky uh, toy? No. Okay. I, I can't tell you what was making the squeak noise, but it was a whiskey bottle that thumped.
0: All right, good times. Good times. <laughs> we,
2: um, this is a family show. All right. Fair enough.
0: Uh, um. Yeah, that was a very squeaky. That was cork, very wasn't it? that was surprisingly it was like a it's like a dog toy whiskey bottle.
2: I actually yeah, you know, I've got my headphones on so I can hear the show better. So I actually I I barely heard it squeak. Um, but it was kind of close to the microphone, so uh, it may have been exaggerated a little bit. It may have been really squeaky. Who knows? He's a noise canceling guys. We're headphones. leaving, the, they're, they're we're leaving the money the squeak squeaks in
0: for the well,
3: listeners
2: tor- so they can get their money's worth.
3: Towards the end of the show, he'll actually break that down a lot more. Once he's had several of the thumps, it'll turn into this is like the fourth floor of a whiskey bottle that came from a barrel that floated in the ocean. And because of the salt water, you get the squeakiness.
2: You know, nothing that you said there was untrue about uh, (laughs) some of the whiskey that I've drank in the past. uh, But you combined like four or five different bottles into one.
0: You're welcome. All right. So, joining us tonight, we've we've got another guest, friend of the show. Uh, He's one of the guys that kind of stays in the chat box with us. Uh, He's very, very knowledgeable, big Golden Eagle fan. Uh, Please welcome Brian Renfro.
4: What's happening, Brian? What's up, guys? I'm really excited to be here. Not often you get to be on the show with your favorite blogger. So, (laughs) I'm. Uh, <laughs> thrilled to, to have the
0: opportunity. Uh, so we got to break some news tonight, and that no, we don't have any news to break tonight, but we uh we definitely can catch up on everything that's been going on with Southern Miss lately. We have a victor in our picks, our college football picks for the season. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But up first, let's touch base on some of the big happenings of the week. And really, not a lot going on. We had some basketball games happen, of course, but the big news in the past week has been. The transfers that Will Hall and company have been able to bring into this team. So, this past week, since our last recording, we had four transfers um, who were in the portal from Southeastern Conference schools, now coming to the University of Southern Mississippi. All of these players have Mississippi ties. So, Will Hall definitely working the pipeline, working some magic to give us some depth up front on both sides of the ball. So, up first, We have a defensive line transfer from Arkansas. He played at Jones and also played at Tyler Town. Jalen Williams had an outstanding career at Jones College. I have a tough time not saying Jones Junior College, but Jones College um, was just an all-world defensive lineman coming out of JUCO, committed to Arkansas, had a back injury. They decided to redshirt him. After the season, he decided to hit the portal and come back home to Southern Miss. So, uh, a very with, with the depth issues we have on the defensive line, and and uh, you know losing Ty Sykes, I believe, you know this is definitely a, a very nice pickup for the Golden Eagles. Renfro, do you have any thoughts on Jalen Williams?
4: Yeah, I think it's a tremendous add. You mentioned his junior college career; he was the number one junior college defensive lineman in the country. Last year was really highly recruited. I think we were were in on him, but you know, just kind of the timing of Coach Hall being hired was pretty late in the process. But he's a player. He's got three years to play. Um, played at uh, the metropolis of Tylertown, and um, which interestingly they've had a, a couple of Division One guys over the last couple of years. Uh, but you know, I, I know we'll talk about some of these others, but uh, I think the phrase Coach Hall had used is. You know we're pretty thin there on the D line, and he wanted to kill that fly with a hammer, <laughs> and he's certainly done that. And and uh, Jalen Williams will be a big piece of that. Well, if you're a Williams and you're from Tylertown, then
0: you know how to use you know how you're to a use player. a
3: hammer.
2: <laughs> then you seem to be a gigantic individual. <laughs> you definitely know how to kill flies. <laughs>
0: uh, up next we have an offensive line transfer, interior offensive line transfer, projected I believe to play. Some center here at Southern Miss. Uh, Bruce Ramsey, six one and a half, three hundred thirty-six 336 pounds. Transfer from Ole Miss. Also played his high school ball at Harrison Central. Renfro, what say you?
4: Yeah, well, his name is actually Bryce Ramsey, but he will forever be known as Bruce from this point <laughs> That's forward. That's on me. Yeah, that's on me. Um, <laughs> Don't bring me down, Bruce. No, no. It is. This is. Uh, this is a big ad. I mean, I think everybody that watched us last year knows that that for most of the year we really struggled at the center position. And at the end of the year, when Bryson Mays moved in from tackle, he played pretty well. I think the last couple of games, but you would have to expect that that Bryce would be the starting center going into the fall. He um. He also has three years of eligibility left. Um, Last year at Ole Miss, he played uh, in every game, um, started one game where the starting center was out, so definitely got some experience there. He's originally from Gulfport and played at Harrison Central High School, so really should be a key piece of the interior of that line, not just this year but a couple more years into the future, so really great add there too.
0: Uh, Another defensive line transfer that we got also from Ole Miss, Played his high school ball at Wayne County, home of former Golden Eagle, Golden Eagle legend Tracy Lampley. Uh, I love Who Lane. doesn't, man? I had a conversation with him the other day. Yep. Super guy, super guy. Um, Quentin Bivens, 6'3", 295-pound defensive lineman from Ole Miss. Might could possibly be uh, the uh, most
4: heralded recruit out of this entire class. Yeah, he's in, he's kind of proven too. He started last year at Ole Miss. If I think some people will remember the opening game they played Louisville, I think in Atlanta or, or someplace, and he was a starting nose tackle. Played really well in that game. He he started three games there last year. Um, I, I, something happened. He only played in seven games, and I think there was an issue with a coach or. That's a rumor. I'm not really going to get deep into it, but he's got a couple of years left to play. I think you guys talked about Armandus Cooley last week. That's transferring from um, Mississippi State. Uh, he's a couple of years younger than Bivens, but they both did play at Wayne County. So, you know, you would expect that uh, with us at, before this class, we really only have one interior defensive line defensive lineman returning and. Josh Radcliffe, and so you would expect Bivins would be a candidate to play an awful lot there at, uh, at Nose Tackle. So, another, you know, really important add. And, you know, these guys that, that we're talking about are people that we're going to see, you know, against Liberty in game one. Um, they're plug and play kind of guys. These are guys that are talented, that have been in really good strength and conditioning programs for the last couple of years. So, from a physical standpoint, uh, they'll really be ready to go. So really excited to to have him in, and with a couple of years' eligibility left, should provide an immediate impact there on that interior D-line. The
0: final transfer of the week, definitely not the finer, final transfer we expect to end up at Southern Miss. Uh, Aaron Odom, a 6'3", 250-pound um, end, you know defensive end, transfer from Mississippi State, played his high school ball at Callaway,
4: another guy they expect to come in and contribute right away. Yeah, Aaron um, has been a pretty productive player at Mississippi State. He's, he's grown over the years. He was a, about a 6'3", 230 pound guy from Callaway when he came in about way back in 2017. Now he's about 6'3", 275. So he should fit really well for us in that defensive. We call it a defensive end, but it's a guy that plays a lot in the interior. Most people remember Eric Kitchen last year. Um, Aaron only has one year left to play, but uh, being an older guy that's that's mature, you would expect that uh, he comes in and and we're able to, you know, plug him in. Um, you know, just overall this defensive line. If we go back and look prior to last year, we really had four interior defensive linemen in um, Ty Sykes and Josh Ratcliffe and Eric Kitchen um, and Deshaun Crawford, uh, and of those guys, only. Josh Ratcliffe returns, so adding these guys to the defensive line along with the two that we signed and Domenico Rowland and um, Broderius Young from Jones College, it really has changed the whole landscape of that position. And now we've probably, you know, just looking forward going into the Sun Belt, we've got as much talent among that position group as any team we're going to be competing against. So, mm-hmm. you know, the transfer portal we hear all the time, we probably have even participated in it to some degree, the kind of old man yelling at the cloud about the transfer portal and NIL is going to kill, you know, college football. But in the end, if you're a coach, <laughs> you're Coach Hall and the staff, you got to bring in the best players you can. And so far the – the transfer portal, I think, has been good to Southern Miss thanks to some great work by Coach Hall and, and our staff.
2: Absolutely, yeah, it's it's like a like an additional JUCO almost, where you can grab players that, ha- <coughs> excuse me, have experience and and have, you know battle tested. Uh, like Brian said, uh, you know, have been in SEC strength and conditioning programs for a couple of years. Uh, it's big to be able to infuse talent like that into your roster. Uh, especially to plug holes and uh, I, I don't know what's going on on campus and, and what these uh, the, the current players are doing. They've, they've <laughs> been actively recruiting these guys on social media for sure, but uh, I like it. And it, it seems like word's gotten out that if you play on the line and you'd like uh, at an SEC school and you'd like to come to South Mississippi, it's a fun place to be. And uh, it was, it was a lot of fun following all these guys committing and, and really, uh, boost the potential for next season, uh, adding a lot of depth in, in some much-needed spots.
3: Let me ask you guys this: Is, are, is this because um, when the when the transfer portal thing first came up, it seems like a, a lot of people that I talked to with Southern Miss uh, Southern Miss fans were, were were just scared. They thought like, well, this is it? Every time we have a guy that's got any kind of ability whatsoever, he's gone." It seems to be working out in our favor right now. Is that a trend? Nationally uh, are, are there a lot of guys that say are, are at these these quote unquote bigger schools that maybe aren't getting quite the playing time they want to and and they're able to they think they can come back uh to um a place like Southern Miss and 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 start is that happening everywhere or is Hall just killing it
2: I think it depends on the situation really because if you look at Louisiana Lafayette with Napier going to Florida uh, I mean, you had an exodus of talent down there, which um, I mean, so they went from "We wish you well" at Florida to "We hate you." We're gonna uh, you—you've <laughs> sapped our program of coaches and talent. You—you you took the people that run the concession stands in the football stadium with you. Uh, We—it's it, uh, been quite a wild ride to follow that because uh, I mean, we made some Louisiana Lafayette friends uh, again. That is. What their official university Twitter handle is, the University of Louisiana Lafayette. So I feel free to use those terms openly. Um, but our new friends over there. So I follow a good bit of them, and man, what a roller coaster ride that was. But it, it just goes to to say and show that, uh, I mean, it, it could work both ways. You know, uh, we very well may be sitting here. In uh, in a few years, once Hall's got this thing rolling and we've got some good talent in the program, and maybe there's a change, uh, you know, Hall, you know, is offered a job elsewhere or or something happens, you know, whatever, whatever would lead to a change, and we get hit by a transfer wave as well. So uh, when times are good and you can reap those rewards, go for it because it very well may bite. You. I think too, it, it you yeah. factor in the climate
0: that Will Hall's building here. I mean, you know, everybody. I say everybody. There's quite a few Golden Eagle fans that have a, a borderline aneurysm anytime Frank Gore <laughs> tweets any kind of lyrics that they do not understand. <laughs> and he's made it clear he's not going anywhere. But you got guys like that who are really buying in, they're they're really excited to be golden eagles, they're proud to be golden eagles. That's that's resonating in them going out and recruiting other players. They're excited to be here. I think when the transfer portal you know, originally happened with our coaching situation, we'd seen a situation where we were getting a lot of recruits that weren't getting offers other places. And now you're seeing a lot of recruits come through that have offers a lot of places and you're seeing some, you know, it's tough to fathom us getting this many Southeastern conference transfers under the previous coaching staff. It, it, So I think that there's something to be said about the way that Will Hall is resonating with the players and the way that our current players are buying into what what he's doing and how that translates to our players communicating with the the potential players out there in the portal.
3: He he didn't lie either, man. He said uh, he he was going to sign 32 guys. We'd have 32 brand-new players next year, Um, and here we are. We're getting close to that number, right? How many do we have left?
4: Yeah, so we have one – I think we have one uncommitted scholarship in this class, and I think that's going to put us somewhere in the neighborhood of low 80s. And I would expect that after spring ball, once we get in the summer, we'll probably add a couple of more transfers that we're able to blue shirt and push forward and count towards next year's total. I think a lot of folks will remember last year when Josh Carr came in and I think Peyton McKinnon was a summer guy that came from Gulf Coast Community College. Uh, depending on the time they enroll, you can count those towards next year's class. I think that'll be the way that we get up, you know, get up to 85. I think back to your question about the portal. I think what's been proven is programs that build really solid culture are probably going to see a net benefit from the portal. I think we're seeing that with our program. Uh, you can just look around the country at, you know, obviously Alabama has a certain culture. And you see what they're doing through, then you look at other teams that should compete with them on their level. Look at Tennessee last year or LSU over the last years, and they've lost half their team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have that culture, not to say Southern Miss under Will Hall won't ever lose a good player to the transfer portal. I mean, that chances are that's going to happen. But if you have a culture that, you know, where kids want to be and you see those that are there, like our guys, you see on social media really bought into the program. And I think guys are, number one, less likely to leave. And number two, if they're looking for a new home, you know, they're really going to want to go be a part of something like that. So that's, you know, makes coaching changes probably scarier than they've ever been before. So let's just hope it's a while before sure. we have to deal with that again. And this uh, whole portal thing sort of, you know, maybe – it kind of has some self-governance to it at some point in the future, but I think look, there's no question it's been a benefit for us so far. Uh, Would have to
0: also have to mention uh, another a player in the transfer portal we we spoke about last week, uh, John Rice Plumley, Plumley, the uh, uh, Bruce Plumley as we call him here at, at uh, to the top talk, uh, John Rice Plumley, Plumley, former Ogre of Warrior, former uh, Ole Miss football player, um, announced he's going to
2: UCF, which was kind of what was. Whoa, 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 what? UCL? Yeah. <laughs> I was guaranteed on Twitter that he was coming to Southern Miss. Guaranteed. Was Him and Miles. Both Brennan, of
3: them. Both
0: of yeah.
2: them.
3: Yeah. No, Miles was only 100%. Yeah, This. Well,
2: it was 100% until something happened.
0: <laughs> it You're was right. 100% until he decided to come back. So um, this is not, not I don't mm-hmm. think this is really a surprise to, to anybody that's been paying attention. I know there were some. Local people getting their hopes up about uh, John Rice Plumley. Certainly wish him the best, um, but uh, yeah, he's heading to UCF to play to play for, uh, and, you know, Kelvin Bolton now on staff at UCF after spending a year flying, right. So. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, in that regard, though, I, I I don't think any of us were were shocked at what happened. And you know, I actually, listened to our show uh, today from last week. And Shane specifically, I I thought we we handled what you know the whole Plumlee thing pretty, pretty accurately. And um, but that being said, we still need another quarterback, right? I think we would all agree that there needs to be somebody else in that room, outside of Will Key, um, uh, Keys, our starter Keys, um, and Big Wang Lang. Is that it? Um, that's uh. The
2: that, it this uh, point, what, yeah. T- there's T- a quarterback from uh yeah. Um there's a quarterback from Jones, maybe, that uh, I don't think he's gonna be on scholarship, but maybe a walk River. on.
3: Okay, um, so what, he, what I'm hearing Pearl is we definitely go. need another dude. Uh, I
0: definitely would feel better if we uh, did have uh, somebody else.
3: So that one spot remaining that Brian was talking about, if there is one spot, um it sounds like we went after a, a bunch of guys that you know we just have to take them. Maybe if we didn't even like need them, like the defense is already really good, but you take the best player that you can get. At this point, with one left, are you, you know, we're just specifically saving that for the quarterbacks? I mean, I would think.
0: Right? I, I think I I I, 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 we're gonna push somebody forward. I mean, if,
4: yeah, that's if what they I think if too. they don't
0: get a quarterback with this last one here, then they're gonna get one this summer. I mean, I, I know that Hall is out yeah. in that portal to try to, you know, see what he can muster up.
3: If I, I by for push the, it forward, you mean you don't get the scholarship this year? You're getting the scholarship it'll count
0: towards next year's class. The next year? It'll count toward next year's class. Yeah, yeah. The
4: player okay. will get the scholarship in the okay. fall semester, but it it the uh, gotcha because of the rules, you're able to count it toward the thirty, the twenty five to thirty two, mm-hmm. however however many it is next year. Yeah, I think um you know, with the right, if the right guy came along, you know, really soon that using that last scholarship would be a possibility. I I know they're, they're after, um, Calvin McMillan, who's a a offensive tackle from Mississippi state. That's in the portal that uh, I think he played his high school in Houston, Mississippi. He's got four years left to play. He, um, I think he visited South Alabama last weekend and I, I think he's supposed to To be on campus at Southern Miss at some point this week and would feel pretty good about Coach Hall and and Coach Gregg's, you know, the likeliness that uh, once they get him on campus, being able to secure him. I think that's probably where they go with the last scholarship. And then, you know, the next kind of wave of quarterbacks likely comes after spring practice when a guy sees that he's, you know, maybe not going to be the guy and and goes in the portal Mm -hmm. and. You know that, uh, But I fully agree we need to add a quarterback. You add the best one you can, that's a guy that can get on the field, great. If not, then uh, it's depth. And as we saw last sure. year, you definitely need uh, depth. <laughs> and
2: well, evidently we that- need it. 10 to 12 of them. Yeah, that was a little extreme. But, um, 85 well, scholarships. We need 15 quarterbacks going forward.
3: either way you look at it, man, we're, it looks like we're putting together an all-star caliber type squad, you know, specifically a bunch of Mississippi guys. So um, he's walking the walk and, you know, talking the talk. So it's, I like what I'm seeing. I just, I, I, w- I would love to see more depth in that quarterback room is all I'm saying.
0: So, this we kind of had an, some interesting back and forth news this week. So, footballscoop.com reported that for the, for the former Southern Miss head coach Jay Hobson was set to become the new defensive coordinator at Louisiana Monroe. Then, other po- reports came out and said that was not going to happen. So, as of right now, Jay Hobson still at Mississippi State. So, was kind of looking forward to taking on his defense in the Sun Belt, but, uh, you know, not not happening as of right now.
3: So weird. How does something like that that that's a that's strange turn of events, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, that, really. it's pretty random to hear where he was going to, and then that it's kind of like never mind. That was false information. I mean, how does it's, it's just so weird. But yeah, I definitely have my reality sign ready to raise up in the south end zone. Well,
0: you know, you think about this so. Um, back so we this show has been going on now for six years i think we recorded our first episode january 24th 2016 bump and i we taught we spoke about munkin we had a great recording and then i'm watching the patriots playoff game when jamie collins was playing and they're like todd munkin's going to tampa bay so we had to go back and re-record yeah. everything just kind of uh, fell apart but did you think about like when we recorded that episode six years ago if we were like all right uh yeah, we're gonna hire Jay Hobson, and in six years he's going to be an analyst at Mississippi State. You'd be like, what the hell? And then Todd Munkin, uh, who went to the Buccaneers, he's going to go to Georgia as the offensive coordinator and win the national championship. <laughs> We'd be like, what the? And we're gonna we're gonna yeah. hire Bobby Hall's son, and he's gonna coach us in our first game this year <laughs> against Hugh Freeze at the Rock. And you're like, this is just <laughs> bananas. I don't even know.
2: Oh. 2021 was a crazy year evidently from everything you just said we probably should have seen it yeah, coming. probably should have seen it oh there's gonna be a global pandemic too
0: uh four years from now and hey, we're yeah. going to <laughs> and never we're gonna to have to wear masks walking pandemic. into the football game it's, it would have been yeah it would have just been <laughs> unbelievable unbelievable unreal uh jason and shane are gonna have kids be like well that's i don't, yeah. I don't believe that i would on purpose always,
3: always love the practice <laughs>
0: You could buy a beer in the Rock. You could buy a beer
3: in the Rock. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, a lots, lot's changed in this in this uh, six-year run.
3: Our basketball oh. team is going to be bad.
0: I moved to North Carolina. Yeah, we we moved to North what? Carolina. We beat, we beat William yeah. Carey in basketball six years from now. That's going to be a big <laughs> – I'm going to be like, wow, that's uh, looking up. So, Jason, we had some basketball games this week. We had one go really, really well and one go not so well. So, tell us a little bit about uh, Southern. Bring us up to speed.
3: Yeah, exactly right. I played two basketball games last week. Um, The first one was the UTSA game. Uh, This is this is that weird road trip where we we go to UTSA, then we go go all the way to UTEP. Which, you know, my feelings about going to UTEP. Um, If you're gonna have to go there, you're gonna you know you you want to be in Texas already. Really doesn't mean anything. Still a pretty long way. Uh, this was our first ever win at UTSA, which is kind of hard for me to believe, but this is just where we are, I guess, as a program. Uh, Sutter Miss really played well all night, led for most of the game. Um, Sutter Miss did a better job of getting to the free throw line. Actually went 12 of 18 from the free throw line. We, we've, since you know Ladner's really been here, we've uh, not done a whole lot of getting to the free throw line, much less making a bunch of free throws, so... Um, lo and behold, we do it and we get a W. Um, shot 30% from three-point range, which isn't ideal, but uh, we did bang home six of 20 from right there. Uh, Pierre took the most of them. He's probably our best three-point shooter. I think at the moment he went four of 10, so four of 10 is, is pretty good, pretty solid. Um, he had 18 points, Pierre did. Bolden, the freshman phenom at 17, played 39 minutes. The dude never comes out of a game. It's fun to watch him play. Stevenson, my favorite player, the captain, went 14 and 6. Isaiah Moore 10 and 7, and Pinkney added eight points uh, with three block shots. Actually, so it's good to see Pink getting in there and getting a little uh, getting a little physical down low. Um, overall, it's a game that we needed honestly, and we found a way. So um, rebounding should be better than it is in my opinion, but. Um, you know we've had a problem with turnovers this year, and, and this game we did a little bit better. We only had 13, which still sounds a little bit high, but we've had games where we've gotten into the 20s this year, so it's nice to see us moving in the right direction turnover wise. Um, op- offensive rebounding simply has to improve, I think. We had 30 total rebounds, um, uh, and only six were, were offensive. Uh, they had 25 total, and 14 were offensive, so. Um, we need to, you know, anytime you can do that. And it, we finally have a team that has a little bit of size. When's the last time we've been able to say that instead of miss. Um, so hopefully we can keep uh, building on that. Um, and like I said earlier, Tyler Stevenson, he's just a freaking golden eagle, dude. Love to watch that guy play. And, and, and he definitely contributed to the win. worth the price of admission. I'm so glad
2: he's the golden eagle. i I wonder if we'll ever know. Do you, Do any of you guys know who got in his ear and tried to get him to transfer out? Moo. Was it? Mm, interesting.
3: Yeah. Um, but glad he's back. But he just—he really is, though. He, he's that or Miss guy and uh, came here as a walk-on, you know, so love watching him play. And he's a lot taller than my five-year-old son. If anybody saw that, he it up. Okay, so then Jamie alluded to it, but the next game did not go as well. Um, the UTEP game. Well, um, UTEP's better than we are, but it's not well, like we, awesome. had,
0: we had a we had um, a, a bit of a kerfuffle earlier that day as well.
3: Yeah, we did. Uh, it, at the end of the game, we, we lost it pretty badly, eighty-seven to fifty-four. Um, but you know, so and, and at face value, honestly, that's you know, you go on a road trip uh, in conference play, uh, and you go one and one. Right. With the team that's kind of struggling overall, I think you take that. If you, if you said before that the thing started, like, hey, look, we're going to go one and one. I don't think anybody would have said, like, screw that. So that's good. Um, but and, and I'm not trying to make any excuses because we've had some horrible games this year. But we just got through a bout with covid. Um, you got a lot of guys who don't have fresh legs. You play one of the best games that you've played all year long. You win it literally at the buzzer on a block shot. Then you got to get on the airplane and the planes canceled, flights canceled. So you got to get on a bus and and even though you're still in Texas, that's still an 8-hour bus ride, right? So bus it all the way to Utah, basically bus it there, get off the bus, got, you know, just, you know, ripped to shreds and um and again, I, I said I wasn't going to make any excuses, then I went ahead and made a bunch of excuses, but uh but it it, it is what it is. I imagine that they were exhausted. Um I know Ladner spoke about he was worried about how fresh they were going to possibly be. I don't think that he thought it was going to get that bad. But, you know, then again, it's happened a couple times already this year. So who knows what the issue is? Um, like I said, it's not like UTEP is really awesome. They're eight and seven, one and two in the league. Um, but they got off to a hot start. They were leading 15 to one five minutes into the game. They were leading 31 to nine with six minutes and 30 seconds to go in the half and you know this is if something starts that poorly uh, it's really tough to to turn it around stevenson um you know just like every single game he showed up uh as he always does he went 11 and 12 Sutton Miss shot 34% from the field utep shot 56% from the field Sutton Miss shot 27% point from 3 utep shot 55% so they were just red hot we were not and we were tired um somehow we out rebounded them I don't know how that's possible, but we I guess because they made so many shots, um, you know, they didn't have to rebound a whole lot. Um, Isaiah Moore, everybody saw what happened after the game. I think he, he kind of went crazy on social there, but he, he and, and I, I do not have any insight as to why this happened. I do know that he did have the COVID and he probably was suffering from a little bit of fatigue, but he uh, goes thirteen point seven rebounds, three assists, and only fifteen minutes to play. Um, so. That's that, right? He, he had he was really productive in a very short amount of time. Um, so, and just man, losing sucks, bro. You know, that's just kind of what it comes down to sometimes. Just losing is just no fun. Uh, pe- pe- guys like this have usually won. But you make it to this level playing basketball, you've probably won a whole lot of basketball games in your life. Um, and um, and it's just it's just no fun doing that. Uh, I, I wish that we were better. But I, I started off this whole thing by saying, you know, if would you sign up for one and one on a road even conference play? Uh, throw in. I mean, not to mention that Hardy's out. Right. So you got your playing going down, your leading scorer gone for the year. Uh, the only really NBA looking talent guy that you have just came out of covid. Um, you know, that's not easy to do. So. One and one. Um, we, have, we have Louisiana Tech coming, coming up twice in a row. Uh, the bad thing is Louisiana Tech's really good. They're 13-3 and three and 4-0 and zero in the year. We got them uh, the 13th in Ruston and the 16th here. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but if we can go one and one again, I'll damn sure take it. Yeah, I thought
4: the UTSA win was a big win. When you have an opportunity to win and you've been struggling – I think to take advantage of that and get it done on the road for this particular team <clears throat> was really important. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really like the effort, you know, all the stuff that happened before the UTEP game. I think coach Ladner would be the first to admit this team is still young. And, you know, I don't think you'd call them particularly resilient so far, at least as a group. So that was a really tough spot to go face a red hot team and, the Tech will be tough. They got a left tackle that plays down on the blocks. So that is basically unstoppable. But, you know, I just looking forward, just hope this group really stays together and keeps fighting. And we see these young guys like Rashad Bolden, you know, that plays 40 minutes a game to keep playing and, you know, Stevenson to continue to be the leader he is and, you know, be in a spot to maybe pull off some unprobable wins as we go through the conference season. But I, I really, the UTEP game, excuse me, the, uh, UTSA game, you know, winning there. Well, we'd never won before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, them not having Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace was a positive for us. I was going to uh, mention that. Part, but, <laughs> yeah, those guys, yeah. they play basketball <laughs> over the Gay Montenegro's played baseball. Um, <laughs> no, but th- that was, a, I think an impressive win for a team that had been struggling and dealing with the COVID stuff. And you don't know how you're going to come out, you know, conditioning wise on the road. Um, it was a pretty gutty performance, and uh, look, if we get one and one out of our, the rest of our road trips, I think we'll all be happy.
0: So on the schedule right now, um, so the reason I'm saying right now is because you guys know how this goes. It could be canceled or not. Uh, <laughs> this, this Thursday, we are scheduled to play at Louisiana Tech. That's Thursday at 6 p.m. That game is on CBS Sports Network, and then on Sunday at 2 p.m., we are scheduled to host Uh, Louisiana Tech it's uh, Sunday January the 16th that game on ESPN plus and I don't think we have any blackout rules in effect as well so if you can't make the game you should uh, be able to watch it on television all right let's hear a word from our sponsors cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep how about upgrading your grooming routine for the new year our sponsors at Manscaped are here to make the ball drop into 2022 the cleanest ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use our promo code TTTT for 20% off and free shipping. So guys, if you if you got if you guys could describe your Manscaped Experience in one word. What would that one word be? I will go. Cool. I will go first. Aerodynamic. <laughs> <laughs> um. Clean. Uncut. Oh, that's not a. That's not a good. Oh. One. <laughs> I don't yeah, no.
4: like the word well, that well, experience I, I, that I involves the word and, cut. Well, this no. was, I
3: was put <laughs> on the spot. I was put on the spot. But I will say that uh, if and. How do I don't want to phrase this? Uh, so in the past, Just come out and say it, bump. But before the manscaped experience, there was um, times where uh, nicks and cuts might happen. And after manscaped, I found that that did not happen.
1: Oh yeah, That's the little trimmer
3: cool, man. I mean, I heard yeah. Shane talking about the the, uh, the the light that was on there. I hadn't even, I hadn't even pulled the stuff out of the box that they gave us last week, but I did, um, this week. And, and the light definitely comes in handy. <laughs> <laughs> Down
2: there. I I'd dive. go
3: with,
0: I'd go with smooth. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Do, Brian, do you use it on the top of your head
2: or? <laughs> I use it everywhere. It's a really <laughs> handy tool. You know. And it it really—I know—I said this last week, and I do mean it. It's a really nice little trimmer. I used mm-hmm. uh, the the light, uh, <clears throat> not only comes in handy for bump, but uh, I was trimming up the bottom line of my beard the other night, and uh, my old trimmer did not have a light on it, and the light on the trimmer made that so much easier. Mm-hmm. You could see the little stray hairs that were flying sure. around down there that were, you know, keeping it from being a clean edge. So. Uh, it's, it's a good little trimmer. I, I, I will honestly say I recommend it. Uh, if, if they, uh, stop sending Jamie, you know, all these truckloads of money that they keep sending him, I'll still recommend it. It's a good trimmer.
3: I did actually, I had a listener hit me up and he said, I, you know, I'm so glad that, that you guys ran that promo because I just talked to my wife about getting me my birthday. That's what I wanted for my birthday present. Well, something, because he, he heard you talking about Shane, about the back situation, mm-hmm. right? He said, I've got that. And um, I told uh, my wife to get me uh, one of these trimmers. He said, then I heard that, so I'm going to use the To The Top Talk uh, promo code. So look, worked out. I'll tell you, for
2: that application, you know, uh, we, we know what Manscaped markets towards. Uh, they, they drop hints in their lines. If you look at their logos, it's pretty obvious uh, what they're selling this product to trim. But as a hairy dude uh, that, that doesn't need to just trim down there, Uh, it beats the hell out of the trimmer that you used to use to trim my back because that little thing would scrape me up. It would cut me. Uh, None of that with this one. It was super clean, super smooth, did just as good, maybe even a better job of of removing my uh, built-in human sweater, uh, but did not cut my sensitive, delicate flower skin. Uh, to pieces, like the old trimmer did. So I'm being serious. Uh, we can probably stop talking about uh, trimming body hair at this point, uh, as people are tuning out. Except for you, Marge. We know you like this part. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, get back to talking about Southern Miss. But uh, it's it's a good trimmer. It really Cut is my
0: back into pieces, <laughs>
2: dude. It, it would. I mean, it looked like uh, I was having a lot more fun than I really was. It was. The, the back trimmer had me all clawed up.
3: If you want to destroy my sweater.
2: <laughs> Give me a cheap trimmer and just slice away.
0: All right, guys. So get 20% off and free shipping with the <laughs> promo code TTTT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use our code TTTT. New year, new me in 2022 with Manscaped. Bet with the three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now with a 125% bonus by using our promo code TTTT125. Or a 200% bonus with crypto by using our promo code TTTT200. Bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BETUS.com. You bet you win, you get paid. BetUS. All right, so we had the final game of our college football pick The Georgia Bulldogs defeating the Alabama Crimson Tide by a final score of 33 to 18. So, uh, Jason and myself got the pick right on Georgia with a negative three. That Shane, he got the under right. So Shane needed both the under and the line to go his way to tie Jason and we would have gone to the tiebreaker, but, uh, Jason was able to get the win with Georgia pulling out the victory. So on the week, we scored one, one and one. And for the final on the season, I had 84 wins. Shane had 93 wins, and Jason with the title at 95 wins. Now, before Jason I- accepts uh, this victory, I will remind you how many times he betted against Southern Miss this year
2: <laughs> to enable <it> to him <laughs> so many times to get so over many the top there.
3: Well, I well, 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 I, I also I uh, also went first every time. So if yeah. you guys just would have followed my lead, you could have done it like I did. I said, look, I hope that I'm wrong, right? I really hope I'm wrong. I don't think you there's much hope doubt in that one I am and... going to be wrong, though, <laughs> for the most part, as much as I hate to say it. Um, so anyway, it'll start off the same way next year. We'll be pulling for Southern Miss, and hopefully we'll never have to deter from picking Southern Miss from that point. But I do want to take this time to not only raise a glass to myself. And my other glass is sitting over here, but I'd like to thank everybody involved, and specifically Jamie and Shane, for not listening to me and picking the other way. It led me to a two-win victory uh, in the inaugural season of this Bed US thing. So it's awesome. It's, I've, I've never won anything like this before. And um, cheers to me. Cheers to you.
2: Oh, the prize you. is real nice. We got it at Target. It's uh it's got it's got a light on it oh oh yeah, yeah it we'll won't touch you up um <clears throat> bumped uh, congratulations uh i i'm gonna have to admit that uh i was super excited when i saw the score because i misremembered that uh <laughs> i had to pick bama because you went with georgia and um yeah, and then I, I was like, "Oh no, no!" I, w- I wanted Monk to win a national championship, even though I'm still blocked on Twitter. Um, but uh, yeah, man, congratulations. That was a that was a tough one. It was it was tough to go down to the wire, but uh, man, over the course of damn near a hundred games, Jason was was the best picker of the group.
0: So uh, while we're on this, now I, we usually do not talk about. Uh, the Southeastern Conference games it's just not really in our wheelhouse is something I usually avoid. I did, uh, catch bits and pieces last night. Very, very happy for former head coach Todd Munkin. Yeah. So if you would have been like six years ago, you were like, Hey, so Todd Munkin's going to win a national title at, um, Georgia as the offensive coordinator with a quarterback he got from Jones Junior College. Like that is just, <laughs> that's wild. So uh, but, hey, mm-hmm. congratulations to Munkin. Um, You know, I, 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 I definitely understand the way that a, a, a small minority of our fans feel about the way Munken left. Uh, but at the same time, he I don't think it was something that was planned. Uh, it, it did leave us in a bind, obviously. But um, I'm I, I love the guy. I I'm, I'm I'm excited for him. I'm excited for whatever. Happens next with him. He's a guy who still keeps up with Southern Miss. If you can recall from the coaches yeah. show, uh, he gave Will Hall a call and offered some encouragement earlier in this season. They talked for a good while. I mean, if your name is Munkin and you're a college football coach, you're probably <laughs> going to be on the phone with Will Hall <laughs> for a while. Yeah. So, um, was really excited for him to uh, defeat his his former um, defensive back coach Pete Golding and uh, the Crimson Tide. I, I you know, it's, it takes a lot to, to cheer for. A southeastern conference team, but they definitely had no no problem cheering for Todd Munkin and, and very excited for him and his team.
2: Yeah, and and just to throw something in there uh, about the the small minority of the the fan base that is angry with him for the way he left. Um, he was open in interviews uh, once he took the job that his dream was to coach in the NFL, uh, and and that was his end game, you know, all along. And he had this opportunity. Uh, because he had a friend that was promoted to head coach and was going to give him the chance to jump from college to a, an offensive coordinator in the NFL, which is a big deal. Uh, I mean, that that lines you up for a head coaching gig in the NFL down the road if if you're successful. Um, and after he spent. You know, his time here literally rebuilding our program, well, not literally rebuilding our program from ashes, figuratively rebuilding our program from the ashes. I'm sure that was exhausting. And and he made no secret that, you know, having to go out and run the roads year round to recruit and and sell the program on top of all the coaching stuff uh, was not his favorite part that he just liked to coach football. So you can't really fault the guy. Could it have been better? Uh, yeah, it could have been better timing, but uh, yeah, it cut the man some slack. Um, he took over for Ellis Johnson and almost won a Conference USA I mean, championship. Just a tremendous job of, of what he
0: inherited and how he built that. I mean, I was thinking about that last night. I was thinking about me and Jason being the only people in the end zone <clears throat> watching us play against Middle Tennessee State while it was just pouring down rain. Just And we were just sitting there like, okay. I know it's not going great, but you can tell the efforts there. You can you can see us getting better. And at some point <laughs> sure. and we you haven't always seen that when when adversity strikes. Um it took yeah. it took two seasons to kind of get it turned around, but once he did, I mean that twenty fifteen was a lot of fun to watch and there were what, eight players from that team who ended up in the National Football League. I mean, really, um yeah, you just can't say enough about him and his time here.
3: Uh, yeah, carry it turns out that caring and recruiting Mean a whole lot, right? Yeah. I mean, every every time you heard Monk speak, you could tell that he just cared. He cared so much about the dudes he was coaching and 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 about being here and about putting Southern Miss back to where it wanted to be and and uh, where it's where it should be. And he did, it, man. He took it from, yeah, like Shane said, took it from the not ashes. Not only
0: does he not only does he love Southern Miss as much as he loves Southern Miss, he equally hates Louisiana Tech. So that also,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Uh, That that just threw me off. Uh, That gave me a good chuckle, and I forgot what I was going to say. There was another Monk point I was going to make, but uh, it it couldn't have been that serious. You know, know,
0: and (laughs) when he was, I remember, you know, he was messing with Jason Munns when he was in Tampa, the first time we played Louisiana Tech. And he was, he went out by himself to the, I think, the wild world of beer. I forgot what, what it's called, but he was watching the game by himself, cheering for the Golden Eagles. You know, so it, it is definitely a, a unique circumstance, but um, you know, I, I think the people that know him, the the players that, that he that played for him, love him, and uh, I think everybody everybody who was paying attention, recognizes the contribution that he made to to getting Southern Miss out of the depths of college football despair that we were in back in in 2012. So.
2: Yeah, um I remembered what I was going to say now. It's kind of similarly to what you saw with Will Hall this year where the results weren't weren't great. They weren't what you want, but you saw the players buy in to the system and, and you could see the improvement over the course of time. There's, we've talked about it before, but there's, there's a lot of eerie similarities and parallels between, uh, you know, Munkin's start and, and uh, Will Hall's start. Um, yeah. I, I hope will will Hall's 10 years, a little longer and he sticks around and there's more championships involved, but you see a lot of similarities to the way that they, went about changing the culture and building the program. And that goes to show as a life lesson to us all. If you're an honest, genuine person and you treat people right, then uh, it, it, things are going to go all right. Uh, you know, just, just uh, um, you, you can approach it, you know, one of two ways you can be, um, a guy that curses like Todd Munkin, or you can be a, uh, a good Christian man like Will Hall, who has admitted that he curses once in a while, too. But uh, if, if you're just a genuinely good person and uh, and you treat people how you want to be treated when you go about your business doing things the right way, then uh, then you're on a solid path. So yeah, – Go ahead.
4: That, that guy – you know, he took uh, he took over this program in the darkest of dark places, recruited future NFL players to that very dark place and brought it into the light in a pretty short period of time, all things considered, you know, in, in his third year. And he's a fantastic football coach and, you know, just a, a really, really good guy. And uh, I... I you know, yeah, the timing of when he left wasn't ideal. But, hey, with the early signing day, that's the timing of when every coach leaves now. Yeah. It's a week and a half, two weeks before signing day. So, you know, I don't think anyone uh, offered their dream job would um, would turn it down <laughs> because it wasn't the best timing for them to leave their current job.
2: So. But there's a keyboard commando in Lamar County that's going to be really pissed off if I take this job.
4: <laughs> exactly. Someone on Facebook. Yeah. Um, so, you know,
0: hey, one of his old former players. Let's talk, let's talk about some of his former players. Let's talk NFL. So this Saturday night, both Edo Smith and Quez Watkins, Ido with the Dallas Cowboys, Quez with the Philadelphia Eagles scored in a Saturday night's NFL contest. That's the first time.
2: No, that was Monday night, wasn't it?
0: So Saturday night.
2: Okay. I thought it was, yeah, okay. Dallas, uh, Okay, never mind. I'm wrong. Sorry.
0: Both Ito Smith and Quisbot can score. This is the first time two former Golden Eagles. Patrick McGee was first to bring this up in Southern Miss Twitter uh, reiterated that first time two former Golden Eagles have scored in the same game since November the nineteenth, nineteen ninety five, when Brett Favre was with the Green Bay Packers and Michael Jackson was playing for the Browns. So um, that was a lot of fun. If you were, you know, I'm not a fan of the Cowboys, uh, but I was super excited to see Ito. Get called up. He got called off due to COVID, a uh, COVID scare with uh, some of the Cowboys. So Ito got to play the other night. Really tremendous to see him not only get to play, but to see him get into the end zone. So super excited about that. Then you turn around on, on uh, Sunday night. Jalen Richard has a big play on a third and 23, I believe, where he ran a draw and, and and got the first down. So the Raiders, that was another wild and crazy game Saturday night with the Raiders and the Chargers the Raiders winning and going to the playoffs. So seven teams in the playoffs have Golden Eagles on their rosters. Of course, the 49ers have Tarverius Moore, who's not on the active roster. He's on the injured reserve. But uh, the other teams involved, so Raheem nunez Rochez is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ito Smith with the Dallas Cowboys, Quest Watkins with the Philadelphia Eagles. Those are all three NFC teams. In the AFC, Mike Thomas with the Cincinnati Bengals, Jamie Collins with the New England Patriots, and Jalen Rashard with the Las Vegas Raiders. So if you're looking for a team to root for, um, that's at least six there if you want to count Tavares, even though he's on the hour, That gives you seven teams to pull for in the NFL playoffs. Also, some futures contracts were signed this this um, past week. Uh, Cornell Armstrong signed to a futures contract with the Falcons. DeMichael Harris to the Colts and Tim Jones with the Jaguars. There may have been others, but those were the ones that I was able to see. So NFL playoffs kicking off this week. Now, if you guys listened to the Southern Miss podcast, which uh, you can find wherever podcasts are, are, can be heard, last week, um, athletic director of athletics Jeremy McLean was on. He spoke about some facility improvements that are happening in and around the area. Uh, first off, Pete Taylor Park, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, aren't we getting some new LED lights? There at the Pete? Yes.
3: Yep. I think they're almost done. Yeah. They should be. Yeah, that was a while back when I drove by and saw them all sitting out there. I think they had two of them installed at the time. Um, mm. It was well, really it is, weird. There's
2: Doliak uh, Electric boys, so give them give them some
3: time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really weird because there was one when I pulled up uh, and was in the parking lot right there next to the Pete, and the one directly in front of me, like I guess like just uh, to the outfield side of the first base bleachers, it was done completely. Uh, and there are some that are partly done, and then way across the field they're doing another one. So I don't know why you do it that way. But um, but at this point, it, it, it should be done for sure. And I have not listened to the episode, so I'm not sure what else you're going to give away here. But I know there are some other I believe, Isn't the, a scoreboard also in the mix? Scoreboard 36 by 50 is what I heard, uh, which – is a humongous scoreboard. Uh, it's going to be able to do all the stuff. Um, uh, with, with. I mean, unlike our current scoreboard, we get a lot of, like squint your eyes and, you know, try to figure out what's going on there. This is going to be similar to, um, I think the one in Mississippi state and possibly the one down at MGM, where you can just have, you can have the, the stats going on one side of it. You can have the, the traditional game line going on and, uh, maybe replays the whole deal I think it's the top of the line so
0: very cool very cool yeah is there any other baseball probs that i'm that I'm missing here oh, those were the main two I think
2: they were replacing some netting uh as well new netting uh for foul balls uh and I want to say uh, there was more deck area or, or something mm-hmm. along those lines right. going in well, uh,
3: yeah they, they, well those boards just needed to be replaced was the They're deal done. uh down that right field line and, and um, I have not seen it, but I, I, I saw some pictures. I think that they just replaced the boards. I'm not positive. It's like a brand new deck area. It's just it was a deck area that was, you know, old. And now it's a deck area that's new. OK. All right. We'll take it. We'll
0: take it. New deck. New deck. And we're also making some, uh, you know, still in the process of making some uh renovations to Reed green coliseum as well. I know we have been making some improvements, but we will continue to be making those improvements with the the 1% tax. As well. Do you, you guys have any insights into what's going on with Reed green
3: coliseum? I don't. Renfro, do you know anything do you have any insights there? Yeah, I mean, I've heard a bunch of things. I'm not sure what exactly the uh the the the, the next step is, but um but yeah. What, what do you know? yeah I think
4: it's it's still a little bit of a work in progress, but Jeremy's talked about that uh, they have retained an uh, architectural firm, so they've had some architects there looking at different things and uh, you know there's a lot of stuff that you walk in the Coliseum and it's very evident um, that you know needs to be upgraded things like restrooms and concessions and just typical cosmetic things on the outside. Um, I think it's really interesting that that with that one percent tax, you know that money, is supposed to be used in a way that would upgrade the facility that would also benefit the community to have community events and, mm-hmm. and so on. And, and I'm sure, um, you guys remember at least to some degree, you know, when I was a kid and I'm 41, there were tons of events at Reed Green from concerts to wrestling to. Um, and it's been a really long time, if you think about it, since we had any event like that, really anything other than, a, say, a community, you know, high school graduations and things like that. So there's some infrastructure stuff there, too. One of the big reasons is the tunnel on this, I guess that'd be the southwest side of the Coliseum where the visitor's locker mm-hmm. room is, is where they have to load equipment from outside to get it down to the floor. But there is no ramp. drive directly to the floor so equipment has to be manually unloaded and taken down a series of levels well you know companies like the WWE or concert productions they just don't go to places that have that anymore so um, I think you know besides the obvious things that you see in modernizing the look of the building and I'm sure with video screens and and stuff like that there is some some infrastructure type things that'll be done, uh, to, to improve, you know, get more events in there, which is a benefit to the university. It's a benefit to the, you know, to the program to be able to have those events. And, um, you know, maybe at some point, uh, in order to be sure that that Coliseum is available, we could even look at, uh, you know, look at the possibility of having a practice facility there on the, on the South side adjoining where the locker rooms and the, the coaches' offices and things like that. So I think those kind of things are at least being explored. Um, but I, I would expect, just based on you know, kind of what we've heard from Jeremy, that we would, uh, you know, sometime in the next, I guess this spring would be a fair way to characterize it. I think they intend on making an announcement on the direction that they plan to go with the coliseum, which is it's exciting and look, it's sorely needed, man. It's a uh, being the head basketball coach at Southern Miss right now from a recruiting standpoint, facilities is not the easiest thing in the world. And, you know, we're uh, we're behind um, as far as our facilities and, and the, the arena itself and the Coliseum. But I think with the, the leadership that we have in place now that uh, they will not just catch us up, um, but hopefully get us in a place where for the next, you know, 10, 15 years, once it's completed, uh, we're, we're in a good spot.
3: Here's what I would do. First thing, ribbon all the way around, right? Yeah. Second thing, concourse, concession stand, bathroom. This is all still inside. At some point, this damn thing has to be black and gold on the outside at some point, right? I don't care if there's some (laughs) lights shining on it Mm at the side of the Superdome. Um, I don't care that it looks like the mothership from the side. But at the end of all that, if it is a little bit different, maybe it's the same bricking that you put on the rest of the buildings on campus, something has to be uniform right. there, and then it needs a damn front door. If I was a, if I was coming from out uh, if I was in a, a a visiting fan, I don't know what I would do. Where the hell? Where would you go if you pulled up and you just and there's doors everywhere. I mean, like, would you know like where to go? I know where to go just because I've been going to the same door for years and years and years. But if I was just another fan, um, like, where's the front door to this place? Doesn't have one. So, like Renfro said, if you pick pick something there, and you can redo it because it needs redoing, as far as what we can see, it's not like there haven't been any renovations. Uh, when you Stacy was here, we added the, all those little meeting rooms and the, the Wade room and the new offices mm-hmm. and all that. If you go in through that uh, through the other side, not the southwest side, no, not the same side. Yeah, if you get through that same side, Renfro was talking about where the offices are, looks great. Yeah, you know, nobody ever sees that. So right. we've done some stuff, but all the stuff that we can see all the time hadn't changed a whole lot. So it needs to be fixed, and it is being fixed. So that's cool.
4: Yeah, I, that whole front door idea to me—I've always thought on the north side facing Fourth Street, you've got space there. Yes. You know, just like a big lobby entrance that could even open to be opened up all the way to the, the concession stand over yes. on the left side. That. You know, could maybe even be a event space or something like that. It's one of the few places on campus where we actually have room to do something that we may want to do to a facility. You know, that's really a struggle with a lot of our, you know, a lot of our other facilities. But uh, ho- hopefully that's part of the plan.
0: So, Shane, why don't you bring us up to date on
2: the women, women's basketball. Yeah, the uh, the ladies had an interesting week uh, last week because the last time we talked, let me concentrate so I don't spill whiskey all over my desk. Uh, the last time we talked, they had games scheduled at UTSA or versus UTSA and versus UTEP in Hattiesburg on the 6th and the 8th, respectively. Well, both of those games were postponed. Uh, so it looked like the Lady Eagles were not going to play last week, uh, but Louisiana Tech became available. So on Sunday the 9th, we went to Ruston and played Louisiana Tech, and the ladies got their first Conference USA win of the year with a 65-59 outing against the – what are they – the, they don't call they're not the lady bulldogs, are they the lady text? They texters? are the lady texters. Yes. The lady yeah, texters. yeah yes. that's just like Louisiana Tech they have multiple <laughs> mascots, bunch of idiots. Um anyway. Uh, back to the game. Dominique Davis, high scorer for both teams with 27 points. Uh, of those 27, 15 came in the fourth quarter. She was a big reason why the Lady Eagles walked away with a victory. Uh, also, Rose Warren had a career high of 16. Uh, defense really helped the Lady Eagles out in this one, uh, but they also went on a 10-0 run with less than five minutes remaining to really seal the deal. So Lady Eagles leave Ruston sitting at 9-5, and 1-2 in and and Conference USA say uh next week we had uh, a scheduled game against louisiana tech again for thursday the 13th that one is in hattiesburg at six o'clock uh we were not supposed to play again uh after that game until january 22nd but it looks like we are going to make up at least that utep game uh in hattiesburg january the 17th uh which is next monday and that is at one o'clock in the afternoon at reed green Uh, That is it for the Lady Eagle basketball, but we do have a track coming up. And uh, I believe that I did not write down the date, but I'm 95% certain it's the 14th. This Friday would start this weekend. Uh, If you need to be reminded, the Lady Eagles will be defending their Conference USA indoor track championship that they won in 2021. So the indoor season does start this weekend in Birmingham at the Blazer Invitational. Uh, the indoor track season, since as you can imagine, there aren't a lot of indoor track facilities around the country. Uh, they alternate between Birmingham and Nashville for four meets before postseason track starts uh for conference usa so uh the next meet will be in nashville then they'll be back in birmingham then nashville then conference usa tournament so uh yeah excited to see what the track team can do uh that program is definitely on the up and up and and our uh, current uh conference usa champions on the women's side so let's hold on to that trophy and and get a nice matching one for next to it you guys have any shout outs for this week
3: uh, yeah, I wanted to give a couple shout-outs. Uh, number one, I wanted to give a shout-out to Cloverleaf Mall. The oh, Twitter you stole account.
2: my shout-out. That's <laughs> awesome.
3: Well, that dude is great. Um, you know, I, I don't know who he is.
2: Um, you assume it's a dude.
3: But uh, it's a good point. It's a very fair point. Um, I should have thought about that before. But I didn't. It is a mall, too. So chances are it's probably a female. I'm just kidding. Uh, Whoa. <laughs> but anyway, it, it, it's – <laughs> It's a great it's a great it's a great Twitter follow. So if you guys aren't following Cloverleaf Mall, it's awesome. Um, he actually he puts out recaps of the show in picture form uh, on his Twitter feed and they're always just dead on accurate, so it's really cool. Um, they may be
2: better than the show itself, actually. It's
3: the, the Twitter
4: account may be better than the actual Cloverleaf Ball was when I was a kid. <laughs> it's you know when,
3: like when I see those uh when I see the picture come out. It reminds me of stuff that we talked about. I'm like, oh, wow, we did do that. Cool. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Jamie Arrington for hooking me up with a soccer oh, yeah, yeah, It was yeah. awesome. It came in really handy last night at Tatum Park where the wind blows, and it's, it's colder than you think it will ever be in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, every time you walk out there. I want to give a shout-out to Coors Banquet. They actually liked the tweet that I made the other night. I just tweeted out what the little under-the-cap said, and Coors Banquet liked it. So that was cool. And I wanted to give a shout-out to Brian Renfro, man, for coming on tonight. Um, Love getting smart dudes on the show, and you are a smart dude, and you're a great Golden Eagle. Thanks for being on the show.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
4: Yeah, my pleasure, man.
2: Bump stole mine. I actually was going for a shout-out to Cloverleaf because their uh, graphic representations of the episodes lately have been wildly entertaining. Uh, And then the other tweets that whoever is running that account makes are are fantastic. And uh, I'd like to echo uh, Renfro, man, uh, awesome job on the show tonight. Uh, I kind of got lost in just sitting back listening to you talk about the guys that are going to be transferring in. That was – very uh, informative and entertaining. I uh, appreciate all that information, sir.
0: I got to give a shout out to uh, the homie Glenn Dyer. Messaged with him earlier. Just probably one of the most knowledgeable people when it comes to cover covering Southern Miss Athletics. Glenn does an amazing job. Also got to give a shout out to my partner in crime for last for life, Kent Oliver. Uh, he actually is a Georgia graduate. Mm-hmm. He made the trek up there to watch the game. So he's been through a lot with. Um, cancer and other SEC championships. So it was good to see him. Something exciting happened for Kent. Um, and, and also, yeah, shout out to, to Brian, man. Brian, thanks for coming on the show, man. It's a treat treat having you on. Uh, you have any shout outs or you have any words for everybody out there?
4: No, I just wanted to thank you guys. I really appreciate you having me. And, and you know, I've enjoyed listening to you guys for a long time and, you know, just love talking Golden Eagle ball with you. And, uh, you know, anytime you can't find somebody better than me, let me know. I'll be happy to uh, be happy to participate and, and just, um, you know, really appreciative of, of all our fans. And, and, you know, we, we've had, I think over the last couple of years, which is pretty difficult to do considering we've been in a pandemic, there's been sort of a swell of support for Southern Miss. There's some energy that's come with, you know, obviously coach Hall, but, I think also from a financial perspective, there's some growth with the Eagle Club and things like that. So um, just to everybody, just do whatever it is you could do. Please do it. Let's make 2022 the best year that uh, that we've had in a long time.
2: Here, yeah, man. Hear, hear. Uh, you said something that reminded me. There has been just a bunch and like a handful of new Circle of Champions members this year. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the they've been announcing that uh, with tweets, you know, commitment <laughs> tweets, which are, are pretty cool. Um, but I've seen. Uh, I've seen a lot of those, not that they've really announced that in the past. I mean, they kind of have. They've kind of said, you know, these people are are now Circle of Champions members. But those are people that are are throwing some serious money at the program. And and obviously, I mean, we we all here feel that our athletic programs are in great hands with McLean at the wheel. Uh, But it it seems that people with uh, the disposable income to run college athletics departments are feeling the same and are starting to come on board which is great to see because we've been doing a lot with less for a long time man it'd be fun to see what we could do if we didn't have to do a lot with less uh and you know that's just uh you know i i don't give uh, a ton of money to the uh, athletic department it's not cheap to live in the raleigh area and uh, i have a kid but i do give money to the athletic department and if we all just gave what we could give uh we we'd be in a much brighter situation we're gonna have a, a Labor Day telethon
3: this year <laughs> <laughs> for just twenty-seven cents a day.
2: You put Will Hall on a television telethon to raise some money for Southern Miss. I bet you'd be damn surprised how much money that man walks away from that that uh, broadcast. That's true. So very good. fair point. That's uh yeah um and before Jamie uh tries to end the show. Uh, as he, he smiles slyly at me, I'm going to sneak my whiskey in here. Uh, three uh, pours for tonight where uh, I went all with wild turkey rye whiskey tonight. I didn't drink bourbon. Um, I started off with a Russell's Reserve six-year-old rye. Uh, that one comes in at 90 proof. And then I bounced back and and went with one of the few vintage bottles I have, and it's funny that a 2004 bottle is now considered a, a dusty bottle of whiskey, uh, but I guess that was 17 years ago at this point. But it's, it's legal. a uh, Wild Turkey Austin. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> had that much too enthusiastically before I thought about the number. Um, <laughs> uh, but that was a, a 2004 bottle of, uh, Austin Nichols wild turkey back when it used to be an Austin Nichols company, uh, just, uh, 101 rye, just their, their classic, uh, stuff. And then followed that up with, uh, with a modern day, uh, bottle of the wild turkey 101 rye as well. And, uh, for people that, aren't super into whiskey, but you may be interested and you, you don't want to drop a lot of money on a bottle, uh, Wild Turkey one oh one or or if you're you're scared to start off at one oh one, you can go with the eighty proof. Um, but uh you get you a fifth of a Wild Turkey Eighty Proof or one oh one or or the one oh one rye. Uh I mean you're talking less than twenty five dollars for a bottle of whiskey and it's the same recipe that they've been making for 50 60 years it's quality whiskey they make it in a quality way and it's really good stuff so you don't have to be out there chasing unicorns trying to find that that blantons that everybody walks into every liquor store hunting for uh there's a lot of good stuff that's on the shelf that uh you don't have to give an arm and a leg for so grab your bottle of, of just good old wild turkey and um drink it straight put it on some ice mix it with some coca-cola classic if you want to it's your whiskey you paid for it
0: you No. Know- I'm not a whiskey drinker, but at some point I want to – I want to have some cognac on here just so I can be like, yeah, and I I, I got my co- cavatier right here.
2: Uh, Call uh I bet Mr. Jamie Ferris at Lincoln Road Package Store has got some f- very fine cognac does. It over there. I bet he does.
0: I think I, like I saw some over there, <laughs> and that's what I thought about. I was like, you know, I haven't had cavatier in a while.
2: <laughs> I wish you would have said something before Christmas. We would have hooked yeah, you up with no, a bottle. Right. Too, Too late, late now. now. Not giving you just a random <laughs> present. Uh, well,
0: hey, guys. So um, we had a contest on Instagram. Uh, shout out to uh, Emily oh, Claire. Yeah. Um, I don't know her last name. This is Twitter uh, Instagram handle. winning the winning the shirts heard for her and her homegirl. So their shirts will be shipped out to them. We've got some new designs that are going to be coming out soon. So... Check out the website and all our social media bios. It's jamierrington.net slash to the top talk. We still haven't bought the domain yet. I guess I need to just do that and quit bringing up that I haven't done it on the show every
2: few weeks. Um Yeah, for everybody out there, I want to out Jamie here because the domain is like $12. I looked into it. It's
1: <laughs>
2: It's not like he's like, man, we got to drop like $1,200. On this domain name, it's I, I, I will.
4: I'll make a groundbreaking announcement here. I will commit to sponsoring <laughs> the domain. <laughs> well, you know, yes.
3: he's our he's our own personal circle. You know, you when know. I was when I was out <laughs> of
0: work, I would cut. I Jason, I was like, all right, dude, I'm gonna I'm not gonna get the the Skype line to call people anymore for right now until I get a, a job. And I've had a job now next week, but will be a year since I've been back working. So there's.
1: Hey, yeah.
2: no excuse. No, excuse. but anyways, nice. hey, well, I've been running my Twitter account now since 2009, and it really feels weird for me to uh, have my link on there as Jamie So I, I would like <laughs> to put to the top talk dot whatever. It doesn't matter. It could just be to the top talk. You can leave if you if it saves two dollars, leave off the dot. You
0: com. know, and it's a great but, way for me to promote myself when I have no shows to promote. And nothing to promote other than this podcast. So uh, it, it makes total sense for me to throw my name out there on on top of everything. I, I just use it because it's a hub for, for everything. So good stuff. Hey, appreciate all you guys. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate all you guys for yep. listening. And as always, Southern Mist to the top. Talk.
1: Here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football But Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you